Good to see each and every one here this morning. And first of all, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse, verse 9 is where it's going to be our text. And the largest mall in the United States is, is a mall in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's called the Mall of America. Uh, this mall, there are over 500 stores. Uh, and every year, over 40 million people from around the world visit this mall. Uh, they generate... Uh, about $2 billion to, uh, in revenue for the economy of that area. I'm sure it's probably going to be accelerated during this weekend with the game and all going on. Uh, but there's one thing that you can't buy <clears throat> in the largest mall in America. Uh, in fact, you can't buy this one thing anywhere. You can't contain it in a box. You can't process it. You can't manufacture it. It is something that that you can only get from God. Uh, and, and it's something that you need today. And what I'm talking about today is peace. Is peace. Uh, we have come to the beatitude of peace in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. Today we're going to look at what our Lord says about peace. Uh, to, to, and to examine what the Bible says about peace. Uh, if you're physically able, I ask you to stand for the reading of the Word of God, Matthew uh, chapter 5 and verse number 9. The Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the many blessings you have bestowed upon us. And dear Lord, as we examine this passage of Scripture, I hope and pray that we would be better understand what the peace that is offered to all mankind, that we can enjoy this peace, dear Lord, and, and we'll know and we know the source of where it comes from, the uh, the the difficulties, and whenever it's not there, where, what's the root of that? And and that, Lord, that we would just seek to have the peace from that only comes from you. Dear Lord, I just pray that you would just be if there's anyone here that's never been saved, that they'll realize that the peace that passes all understanding will come from you, and that you'll trust you, uh, your Son, as, uh, as their Savior, and accept uh, salvation today. Dear Lord, I just pray you bless the services, bless uh, work in, the, in your spirit through the, through the congregation today, and we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank amen. you, may be seated. The Bible is the story of peace. Uh, it's interesting to note that the first two chapters of the first couple of chapters of the Bible, there is peace. And then when you get to the end of the Bible, there are the last couple of chapters, there is peace. The Bible begins with peace and the Bible ends with peace. But the rest of the Bible uh, has episodes of wars, uh, of killing, of turmoil, of struggle, of confusion, and that is not God's will. That is not God's plan. It is God's will that our world know peace. Uh, turn with me if you would to the book of James, chapter 4. And, and, and James tells us why there is no peace. Uh, why there is war. Uh, why there is struggle. Why there is turmoil in our world. There may be some here today that these verses uh, describe you right now. In James chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, From whence come wars and fightings among you. First James is saying that there are wars among the people of God. Uh, and what a sad commentary 
when God's people can't get along. How sad it is when there is turmoil and conflict among the people of God. Uh, when there is clear, a clear absence of peace among the people of God. What a sad, sad commentary uh, among God's people. He, 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 then he says, Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members. He, he says, first of all, that we are at war with others. And, and he says, and we are at war with ourselves in this part. Uh, do you have... At in, that inner, inner struggle in your life, uh, that inner turmoil, turmoil, is there an absence of peace uh, within your heart and in your life? Uh, look at verse number four. Uh, it says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. He says you're not at peace uh, with other people, you're not at peace with yourself, and you're not at peace with God. Uh, and, and yet Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. If we're not at peace with God, if we're not at peace with ourselves, if we're not at peace with other people, can I say this? Until you are right with God, you're not a peacemaker, but you may be a troublemaker. Listen, do you know... I, 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 no, you don't know anyone like this, do you? But they're not right with God. So everything is wrong in their life. Uh, they're, they're, they're not right with God, and so uh, they are not right with themselves. They're, they're not right with God, and, and there's chaos and struggle and conflict. Have you ever met people that have problems with everybody? Every time they turn around, they have a beef with someone new. Problems just seem to follow them everywhere they go. It seems to them that the whole world is against them. Uh, the problem may not be everyone around them. Uh, they most likely are the problem. Uh, when you get right with God and you have peace with God, you will be surprised how wrong you were about so many people. Uh, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. It's important that we understand what Jesus meant. Uh, if you look in an English dictionary, you will get the wrong idea about what the word peace means. The Old Testament word uh, for peace is shalom. If you go to Israel today, they still use the word to greet one another. Shalom. The New Testament word is, is, is Irene. We get the female name Irene from this word. And it means peace. It means peace. What is peace? Is peace just the absence of war? Is peace merely just uh, the absence of conflict? Uh, when a Jew greets another Jew with the word shalom, they mean more than just the absence of war. They, they mean more than just the absence of conflict. Uh, they would mean in, in the totality of your well-being, in your mind, your soul, and spirit, that you are, uh, that you would experience peace. Uh, I want to define peace like this. Uh, peace is knowing God, accepting God, and knowing 
yourself in light of what God has said about you, and then the result of that being in a right relationship with other people. I, I want to spend a little time this morning talking about being a peacemaker and about peace. The first thing I'd like for us to look at is the origin of peace. What is the origin of peace? Where does peace come from? The uh, United Nations uh, was organized back in October of 1945. The Charter of the United Nations in Chapter 1, under Purposes and Principles, uh, in Article 1, the purposes of the United Nations are, Subpoint 1, to maintain international peace and security, to take effective collective measures for the prevention and removal of threats to the peace, and for the suppression of acts of aggression and or other branches of the peace, and to bring about peaceful means. And from that time until the present time, there have been wars or conflicts somewhere in the world. You can't make laws that will bring peace. You cannot rely on the White House you can't, or Congress to have peace. Uh, if they were to come up with a bill and would pass unanimously uh, in, the, in both the House and the Senate, uh, that, would not, that would not guarantee peace. Because the origin of peace is God. Uh, five times in the New Testament it says that God is the God of peace. In the book of Judges, Gideon built an altar and he called it Jehovah Shalom. Which means the God of peace. And peace, all peace, comes from God. All peace flows from the throne of God. Our God is the God of peace. Uh, this is why I can tell you today without any reservations that if you want to experience peace, if you want to know what it means to be right with God, if you want to know what it feels like to be right with yourself, you can know that peace. Because Jesus Christ is ready to give you that peace. Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, will give you that wonderful peace today. Wouldn't you like to have that peace today? Are you tired of the unrest in your life? Are you tired uh, are, are you tired of the uncertainty? Are you tired of the struggles that you have? Uh, you too can go home today and enjoy the peace of God. Let's look at three things about peace, how it has it has its origin. It has its source from God. Uh, first of all, it, it was planned by God. Uh, it, it, our Heavenly Father has planned our peace. If we turn to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, says, For I know the thoughts, and, and I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. He is speaking to people who have been uprooted uh, from their homeland. Uh, they're in captivity. And God says, I know the thoughts that, that I have for you. You can imagine what those people uh, probably thought. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're thinking about us. You've uprooted us. You, you, you've allowed us to go into foreign country. Uh, but the Lord continues in that verse. He says, I am having thoughts of peace toward you. I want to encourage you today because peace comes from God. Every thought that God has toward us uh, is a thought of peace. 
It's a thought of peace. God wants to do good for you, not evil. He wants to do good for you and not evil. God is for you today. There's two aspects of the peace that God comes from God. It, we must have uh, peace with God. We must have peace with God. You may say that I didn't know I was at odds with God. I, I didn't know. Uh, but your sin has separated you from God. Uh, uh, God is infinitely holy and we are sinners. And the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man cannot be brought together unless the sin problem is dealt with. Uh, secondly, we are at enmity with God. We are the enemies of God. We are opposed to God. There is conflict. There is adversity. Uh, how can a sinful person uh, ever come into the friendship of a holy God? Well, it was planned by God. Secondly, it was purchased by God the Son. In Colossians 1.20 it says, and, and having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say whether there be things in earth or things in heaven. You can look at it like this. The peace treaty has already been signed. You don't have to try to gain favor with God. You don't have to try to make God like you. You don't have to try to make God look at you and have pity on you to do something that you can't do for yourself. It's already been done in Calvary. Uh, and, and when Jesus died, he signed the peace treaty so that simple man can be reconciled to a holy God. God didn't overlook our sin. He judged our sin. Because our sins have been judged in Christ. Our sins have been paid for. And we can have fellowship with God uh, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. This peace with God comes from the blood of Christ. This peace doesn't come by the means of a Baptist church. It doesn't come by, uh, by the means of a Methodist church. It doesn't come by baptism or the Lord's Supper or by tithing. There is only one way to have peace with God, and that is through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? That when Jesus died, He enabled us to come into a relationship with God. Praise the Lord that we can be a friend of God for all eternity. There's another aspect of peace. Uh, that's the peace of God. There's another aspect as it comes from God. There is the peace of God. The peace of God. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God. Have you ever thought about that fact that God has never been in turmoil? Uh, he's never been uh, worried. God has never felt the need to call in reinforcements. Uh, have you ever thought about that for God? There is no such thing as an emergency. God is at perfect peace. And, and then Paul says in Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding. We can't comprehend it. We can't, uh, uh, we don't have the ability to understand it. The peace of God that is so great, it is so awesome, He said that you can enjoy that kind of peace. The same kind of peace that God is, the same kind of peace He wants you to have, He wants you to have the, the calmness in heart and spirit. He doesn't want you to be wringing your hands and worry. Uh, he doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. And he said if you have peace with God, you can have the peace of God. 
It was planned by God. The peace was planned by God. It was purchased by the Son of God. And thirdly, it was provided by the Holy Spirit. Uh, when, the, when the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit to you, guess what's included? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and so on. One of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. When I am yielded to the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, there is peace. Uh, because Peace is possible because of the indwelling of the Spirit of God. You can enjoy peace today. You may say, boy, well, I've had a terrible week. It's been one emergency after another. This week has been stressful. It has been filled with tension. What should I do? You, you should yield to the Spirit of God. And, and, when you, and when you yield to the Spirit of God, peace is the result. Peace comes from God. Not, not only do I want to see the origin of peace, but secondly, I want us to see the opposition to peace. As I said, in the beginning of the Bible, there is peace. There is calmness. Our imaginations can just run wild with our thoughts of the Garden of Eden. There was no sin. Uh, uh, where peace and love ruled the day. Adam and Eve lived in harmony and peace. And then what happened? Well, Satan came. Satan came and tempted our first parents. And from that day until today, there has been enmity uh, to peace. An enemy of peace. Think about Jesus. Think about this. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And Satan is everything that is opposite to Jesus. So if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, then what is Satan? Well, Satan is the Prince of Chaos. Of Confusion. Behind every marriage breakup... Satan is working. Behind every church squabble, uh, you can see Satan working. Behind every kind of conflict with relationships, you can see Satan working. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Satan is the Prince of Disorder. He is the Prince of Chaos. Too often, Satan comes along God's people and he steals away the peace of God intended for them. Then instead of living in peace, they are living in turmoil. They are living in chaos. And Isaiah 48, 22 says, There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. Uh, you, you may be here today and say, Wait a minute, I, I'm a child of God, and, and I don't have peace. Uh, I'm a child of God, but my life is, is one chaotic moment after the other. I have to say that your lack of peace isn't God's fault. God has peace planned for you. Can I ask you a couple of questions? Are you carrying around unconfessed sin in your heart? If you're a child of God and carrying around unconfessed sin, you have something that the, that the Holy Spirit is convicting you about. You know, that is not the will of God. But we carry it all around. And we're not going to have peace with that. Uh, with God, with that in our heart. The second question is, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? If you're right with God and filled with the Holy Spirit of God, you will enjoy peace with God. The origin of peace is God. The opposition of peace is Satan. And thirdly, the operation of peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers... 
Do you know what I noticed as I was preparing for this message? The next few verses after this one starts talking about our enemies. This tells me that Jesus is instructing us that we are to make peace with our enemies. Well, uh, God's will for our lives is to make peace for our enemies. You, you might think that in order to have peace with our enemies, then, then we're going to have to compromise our convictions. Uh, that, that we'll have to lower our standards and morality. Listen, if you, if you can, uh, surrender your convictions and your views of spirituality, that is, based on the Word of God, that is appeasement. That is not peace. God has not called us to appease an unbelieving world. Paul says in Romans 12, 18, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Do you know what, what is implied in that verse? It, it's not always possible that we can live in peace with all men. It's not always possible. Because some people are, are unreasonable. They're ungodly. They don't hold the values that we hold. But Paul says, as much as possible, live in peace with all men. Again, I, I want to explain that appeasing your enemy is not peace. In Matthew chapter 5, as Jesus continued, the Lord willing, we'll look at this next week, uh, we'll talk about blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. Uh, then he talks about those who oppose God. And he said that, that we are, are, are uh, not to try to get revenge and, and try not to, uh, to do, not get even. That, that's not what peacemakers do. There are two basic things about peacemakers. The first one is it's hard work. You have to be willing to get hurt. To be hurt. When you try to be a peacemaker, you're going to get hurt. You're going to be misunderstood. You're going to be acute, falsely accused. You, you may be persecuted. Many negative things may happen. Several months ago, I experienced this even in this church. But you know what? Jesus came to be a peacemaker. Jesus was misunderstood. Jesus was falsely accused. Be a peacemaker, but you're, you're going to get hurt. Uh, be a peacemaker, but you're, but you're going to be misunderstood. The second thing is sometimes it gets dirty when you try to be a peacemaker. Sometimes you have to get involved with it and, and the aggression gets turned towards you. There are some things to remember uh, that when, when you are a peacemaker, you, want that, you don't make the problem worse than it is. You don't make the controversy worse than it is. We must be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Filled with the Spirit of God. Demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit of God. The single most thing you need to remember if you're going to be a peacemaker is you must be filled by the Holy Spirit of God. The greatest act of peacemaking is personal evangelism. Personal leading someone to Christ. Uh, did you know that? Uh, listen, you, you have a lost man or, or woman and they're separated from God. Uh, their nature goes against the nature of God. Uh, they're without God, without hope. Uh, but the Bible says that Christ is our peace. You and I as believers have experienced this peace by the amazing grace of God. Yet there is a lost world out there and, and they don't know. 
Nobody has ever told them. Uh, no one has shared with them that they need to be saved. Uh, that they need to have peace with God. Evangelism is being a peacemaker. In closing, I want us to recap what we've talked about. The origin of peace. It comes from God. Do you know Him? Have you accepted the peace that only God can provide? Secondly, we looked at the opposition of peace. There's always going to be opposition. The opposition, the opposition will come from Satan and from our own sinful condition. And then there's the operation of peace. God wants us to, to use us to help others find this peace. One more thing to add to it, the outcome of peace. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Amen. The children of God. He's not saying that we, that we are to be peacemakers so that we will become the children of God. He is saying that the characteristics of the children of God is they will be peacemakers. Amen. They will be... Uh, they will be peacemakers. As we think about this message this morning, I don't know what may be going on in your life, but the question I have to ask you today is, do you have peace with God? I ask you the question, do you have peace with God? Have you experienced the everlasting peace that you know without a shadow of doubt that if something tragic were to happen in your life, that it wouldn't be bad for you. It may, you know, you may have family people who will miss you, but you know within your heart that the moment you leave this earth that you're going to be in the presence of God. Do you have that peace? Listen, if you don't have that peace, I guarantee you, you have turmoil. You have chaos. You have uncertainty. And that's not what God wants for you. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to know His peace. And, and if, you don't have, if you're saved and, and you don't have peace, examine your life. Have you allowed sin to mess things up? Are, are, are you allowing Satan to get to you? Are you allowing that conflict, that opposition to peace invade your life. And then as we move on, you know, uh, that we are uh, to be uh, ex ex exemplifying peace in other people's lives. Are we, are we helping others to see the peace of God? Think about this. It's when people look at your life throughout the week, uh, do, they, do they think of you as a person that they can come to if they want to speak about spiritual things? Is that the kind of person we are? That we have that kind of uh, testimony in our lives that people can come to and talk to you about spiritual things. Are we so living our lives in an ungodly way people don't even know we go to church? What's the situation? Uh, how is the Lord speaking to your heart this morning?